But I want to today talk to you about faith over fear, and, and I'm going to explain why that story is important in a moment. But I want to look in Scripture uh, in the story of Moses in Numbers sending the 12 spies. I think this is such an important moment in uh, the Israelites' journey uh, but I want to look, there is a, in Numbers, if you begin to read, if you're not aware of the story or familiar with the story of the Israelites, God has given them a promised land. He says, look, I'm bringing you out of captivity. I'm taking you out of where you were, getting you out of this captivity. Then I got to get a little bit of the captivity out of you. But then we're going to hit to this journey, and guess what? There's a promised land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be incredible. It is the land that you have been given and called to, and you will have this land. That's what God's telling the Israelite people. And so Moses sends these 12 spies because they get to this space called the promised land, and he sends 12 spies out to see what the land looks like, to make sure this is the land flowing with milk and honey. And the spies, they spend 40 days over there touring the land and looking at all of the places. And then this is the account that they come and they give the 12 spies in Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 through 33. It says, then they give this account to Moses. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. He says, it flows with milk and honey and here is its fruit, look. And I love this moment because they, they're going, the promise of God is fulfilled. Here it is. He told us we would have the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And Moses, we found it. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities, oh, the cities, Moses, the cities are fortified and they're very large. We even saw some descendants of Anak there. And the Amal Amalekites, they live in Negev. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, they live in the hill country. And the Canaanites, they live near the water's edge along the sea, along the Jordan. You see, I I'm going to tell you something. Fear will reveal the strength of your faith. As we look today at having faith over fear, fear will reveal the strength of your faith. You see, in this moment, 10 of the 12 feared the land because they focused on the land. They missed the promise because they did not have the faith in the promise. They were so busy focusing on the land and the fear and the people that they completely passed over the promise, the land flowing with milk and honey and the fruit that they brought. But as we look today, what I think is important for us to know is that faith silences fear. Faith silences fear. Look at what Caleb jumps in. In Numbers 13, verse 30, it says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, we should go and take up possession of the land, for certainly we can do it. He had no doubt in his mind. He said, look, there it is. I saw the land myself. I saw the people. I was one of the 12. There is no doubt in my mind that we can do this. 
There is no doubt in my mind that God will give us this land because he promised this land. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours, devours living things in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. They were there. They, uh, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. They began to spread all of this fear amongst the people. You see, I'm going to tell you right now, I think there's some of you, you got some people in your camp that just spread the fear that goes on around you rather than helping encourage your faith. They're so busy spreading your fear. I'm telling you, they all saw the faithfulness of God. That was the first thing they told Moses. It's the land flowing with milk and honey, Moses. We did it. We made it. But there is a problem. The people are big. The land and the cities are giant. The Anaks are there. The Jebusites, the Hittites, the otherites, all, the, all of them are there. They're all there. There's no way. There's no way, Moses. There's no way. And so they begin to spread this fear amongst the people. But I think it's important to see that moment where Caleb says in verse 30, first it says Caleb had to silence the people. He had to shut them up. He said, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all out here talking about what's wrong with the place, but let me tell you about what's right. Surely we can do it. God gave us this land. We need to go up and take possession of the land, this land that is ours. I think it's important for us to know and understand that fear can be loud in our lives. Fear can be loud, but fear is choosing to trust in our own strength and our own way instead of trusting in God. That's all fear is. It is nothing more than a lie of the enemy. A lie of the enemy that says you're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not whatever enough it is, whatever lie that the enemy has planted. It says, oh, no, no, you can't do that. There's no way you could ever do that. Because all he has to do is keep you stuck in fear. And you never make it to the promised land. You see, faith requires us to silence fear. Faith requires us to turn down the fear and allow faith to be louder than what is going on. We have to listen to God more than we listen to the noise and the fear of the world. Now, I think it's amazing to me that as I read through numbers and uh, we skip ahead, if you continue to follow the journey of the Israelites into Joshua, here is Joshua who has taken over for Moses. If you know the story of the Israelites, they were punished because they didn't go into the land. They were punished because they got so wrapped up into fear and they let go of the faith that they missed it. They completely and utterly missed it. But when we jump ahead in Joshua 2 verses 1, this is 
The promised land takeover, take two, is what's going on. And we see where Joshua, the son of Nun, he secretly sends two spies from Shatim. Now, hold on. I know y'all are looking at that. Some of y'all have read that word before, that town. Y'all mispronounced that. And it's just an excuse for you to cuss, okay? That is not how it is pronounced. It is Shatim. So quit cussing. It ain't. Okay. Anyway, he says, that's where he sends it from. He says, go look over the land, especially Jericho. I'm telling you, Jericho is the biggest and baddest town there was. Biggest walls, the thickest walls, the biggest army. It was Jericho. If there was going to be a battle that God had to be involved in, it was going to be Jericho. And I'll spoil it for you. He was. If you hadn't read that part of the Bible, get into it. You want to see God do some amazing things. Read about the story of Jericho. It says, so they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. I'm going to tell you, some of y'all think you're not qualified to be used by God, but God used a prostitute named Rahab to speak to people. I'm telling you, you want to talk about the fear holding on and fear telling you you're not qualified enough. God uses unqualified people every time in scripture. I'm going to tell you that right now. So. He sends these, these two spies. Joshua got smart. He was much smarter than Moses was. Moses sent 12. Two came back and said it was good. Ten were like, no, it's not. And Joshua was like, all right, I'm only sending two this time. Caleb got to go. He was one of the ones that got to go the first time. He comes back. 80 years old now at this point in time. He's like, I ain't got another journey in me, Joshua. But all right, I'll go look again. You know, make sure it's still the land flowing with milk and honey. This is what happens in Joshua 2, verses 8. Before the spies lay down at night, they are here in the city. They are inside the walls. The walls uh, shut. The gates shut. They cannot get out. Uh, This is where Rahab, she goes up onto the roof and she says to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us. So that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Now, what a difference 40 years in the desert has made. Because I look at the Israelite takeover part one that didn't go so well. And they were nothing but afraid of the land. And here we are on our second run, take two, a little bit of time in the desert and now the, the land is nothing but afraid of them. This is what she says. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord, your God, is God in heaven above and on earth below. I'm going to tell you what, you want to talk about some rumors going around. You want to talk about some stories happening and some fear settling in. They come walking in as spies into this city where nobody can know who they are. And here is this woman who has hosted them going, everybody's so afraid of you. Please don't hurt me. 
How many of you read the story, God protects Rahab and her family because of what she's done? But then the two spies, they come back and they give this account to Joshua. And I read this, all of this stuff that they've done, they found the land flowing with milk and honey. They see the same fruit that was there 40 years ago. They see all of the land and the people. And I'm going to tell you, the Anaks, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Shibites, the, every other ites are all still there. They didn't up and leave and go, all right, well, it's time for us to leave the land. We're done. No, no, they were still there. But what did the two come back and they say to Joshua? Joshua 2, 24, it says, the Lord has surely given us the whole land into our hands. All of the people are melting in fear because of us. That's all they had to say. Not that the land was big and the walls were thick. In Jericho, they locked us in and it was only because we were hidden under some flax uh, that we were safe. And oh, oh, Joshua, there's big people there and I don't know how we're gonna, no, no, no. no. See, none of that was said. The people are melting in fear because of us. The people of the land saw the faithfulness of God to get them out of Egypt, to get them across the Red Sea, to get them through the desert, to provide for them. He saw them in battle. He saw the the two kings get completely destroyed. The people of the land saw all that. They saw the faithfulness of God. And they were afraid because of it. I'm going to tell you, faith is a precursor to faithful. Faith is a precursor to his faithfulness. The Israelites went from being afraid of the land to being feared by the land. And what does Joshua do? If you continue to read, he he prepares for what's coming. He prepares and then he tells his people in Joshua 3, 5, he told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow the Lord will do great things among you. You thought the journey has been good. You thought crossing the Red Sea was good. You thought manna from heaven and water from a rock and all of the provision was good. People, wait, you better go consecrate yourselves. And if you look at the word in scripture, in Hebrew, it's the word kadash. It means sanctified, to set yourself apart. Keep yourself holy. Go spend some time with God. Look at this. I love this. Kadosh. This is the same word used in Genesis 2, 3. After God created the heavens and the earth and he created man and he looked at Adam and Eve in perfect relationship before sin fell on the earth and he said, it is perfect. You know what he did? He took the seventh day and he consecrated it. Kadosh. He set it apart. Because relationship was perfect. Everything was perfect. And so what Joshua is saying, he's saying, guys, here's the deal. I need you to go spend some time with God. I need you to go set yourself apart with God. Check this out. In the entire journey of the Israelites up to this point, from Exodus through Leviticus and Deuteronomy into Joshua, all the way through, Kadosh is used 75 times. 75 times, God keeps saying, would you spend some time with me? And the Israelites are like, nah, we're not done in the desert, thanks. 
take some walks. <laughs> We're not quite finished baking yet. <laughs> Keep us in the oven. He keeps asking them, just set yourself apart. Just be holy. Just spend some time with me. Just be in relationship with me. You want to get to the promised land? You want me to show you my, my faithfulness? Then you got to have faith in your father. But if you don't know the father, how do you have faith in the father? Just spend some time with me. And that's what Joshua says. He says, go and spend some time. Because tomorrow God's going to do some amazing things. Set today apart. Spend some time with me. Be in relationship with me. You see, what Joshua is telling his people to do is focus on the faith. Focus on who God is. Focus on the fact that we know that our Father is here for us. Build the relationship. Silence the fear. Go consecrate yourself. You see, I'm going to tell you right now, faith without relationship lacks wisdom. It's easy to say, I got faith. It's easy to sit here and go, you know what? I got faith that God really, really, really wants me to do this. I'm just going to go out. This is a faith step. Here I go. Faith step. Woohoo! God, God, what happened? You, God, what I thought this was a faith step. You see, so many times it's so easy for us to take these steps of what we call faith without ever once asking God if it's actually what he wanted us to do. We just chalk it up and go, well, I just got to have faith. But we're never in relationship enough to know the voice of the Father to say, this is the promise. You see, every moment of faith is tied to a promise from God. What do we have uh, faith in? We have faith in the promise. Otherwise, we just have faith in ourselves, and I'm going to tell you, we will fail. It's so easy for us because we're really good at putting faith in our own ways, and I'm telling you, it's so easy for us to do it in our own ways and then dress it up as something that God's doing. I've heard it. Pastor, God has just told me I'm supposed to do this. Really? Okay. Why? Well, I woke up and had a bowl of Cheerios, and there was a sign in my Cheerios. God said, oh, and I knew it. I'm thinking, you're just crazy. Those are Cheerios. They're all O's. That's not a sign from God. That's something that you're just masquerading as a sign from God because you want to do what you want to do. Because faith without, rela without relationship lacks wisdom. Wisdom to say, God, is this you? God, I'm ready to take this step, and you know I will step off this mountain. You know I will step off the edge, but God, I need to know that this is you and not me. I need to know that this is your heart and not my heart. You see, look at what happens when Joshua, after they've consecrated themselves, and he says, tomorrow, ooh, tomorrow, God's going to do great things. I can see Joshua sitting there because this is it. He had been waiting. I mean, years. 40 years they waited. 40 years they had to travel in the desert. We have a whole new generation of people walking into the promised land that weren't even born in captivity at this point. I'm 35 years old. If I was walking into the promised land at my age, I wouldn't have even known what Egypt was. All I would have known was desert, hot, stinky desert. But here's what happens. In Joshua 3, verse 15, 
It says, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest, water's high. The water is high. Yet as soon as the priests, you see Joshua sent out the priests with the Ark of the Covenant and the people followed. They put God where? They put God first. Probably another message in that. They put God first and the priests walk out and what scripture says is it says, as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, just, just their feet had to touch the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing and it piled up in a great heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, which is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. Hmm. Do you know what Jericho can see? Dry land. Whoo, you want to talk about some fear. They had already heard the rumors of the Red Sea. But I think it's easy when you see rumors and you go, well, did that really happen? I heard that God was healing people, but did, was, it, was it real? I heard that God provides for people. I heard that he just opens doors for people, but I never really saw it myself. Boy, the people at Jericho, they look out those windows, they go, hey, wasn't there water in the river yesterday? I don't, guys, it's, where? Am I on the wrong side of town? Is the water out this way? Where's the, guys, guys, the, 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 the Israelites are coming. Whew, you want to talk about some fear. And I don't think it's a mistake that God walks them across dry land again as a little sign of reminder to say, look, I did it once. I'll do it again because here we go. You put me first. Keep your eyes on the faith. Keep your eyes on the faith because we got some battles coming. We got some battles coming and there's a chance that you could be overtaken by that fear, but we're not doing that again. We did that for 40 years. Now it's time to move forward. When their feet touched the water. I'm telling you, I think there are some of you here today that you're so locked into fear that you're standing at the water's edge that you won't even let your toes touch the water. You're standing at you, I can't even move because I'm so locked in fear. I don't even want to take the first step because I'm so locked in fear. But what I'm telling you is all God asks you to do is to take that first step. Watch what happens when your toes touch the water and the waters part and you walk across this challenge of life on dry land. Tell me that God isn't faithful when he makes a way for you to cross the river of what you're facing. Faith without relationship lacks wisdom. Wisdom to say, God, you are in this. God, this is you. You see, they spent time with God first before God did anything. They consecrated themselves before God parted the waters. Because relationship with God changes everything. You know, I want to go back to the proposal for a moment because... You see, as we were walking into the Civic Center, my wife was absolutely terrified. She was terrified, and quite honestly, very rightfully so, because every appearance of what we were doing was wrong. The only reason it was right was because of the relationship I had built 
with the proper authorities. Because I had already called the owner of the Civic Center, because I had set everything up, because of the relationship that I had with them made what I was doing blessed. Had I not, this conversation probably would have been different. I would have been in jail. Um, I don't really know what the jail time is for breaking and entering into a Civic Center. I'm not, I haven't done that, but it was good because it was blessed by them. And my wife was terrified. I remember her saying, we can't do this. No, I'm in Poland. She was Poland. Like this was our defining moment. And I'm thinking, I just want to propose to you if you would just follow me. I wonder if that's actually how God kind of felt with the Israelites. Sitting there like, I just want you to get to the promised land if you guys would just listen. Quit making golden calves. Moses was gone for just a few days and you guys totally messed it up again. I mean, I wonder if that's how God is with us sometimes. God, I don't know about this. No, no. I, okay, I'm, I'm right at the water's edge, but God, I don't Hold on. Wait. No, no, no. God, wait, 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 wait. Can I take my shoes off first? <laughs> God's going, just get in the water. Come on. Just, would you just let go of the fear and trust me? Would you just let go of the, all the other things that you see that could go wrong and the what ifs and the what coulds and just have faith in me? I'm telling you, sometimes though, we take our ideas to God and we ask him to anoint them. God, I really want to do this. Would you bless it? And God goes, whoa, I'm that had nothing to do with where I'm calling you to. You can do that. But that ain't me. And it ain't going to be anointed. And it ain't going to be blessed. But I'll be here. When you're done walking in the desert and you get back to the promised land, I'll still be here. We are so quick to take our own ideas to God and go, God, I really want to do this. I really want to just have this and this is going to be perfect because God I, God, I got it all planned out. I think God loves it when we tell him we got things planned out. He's like, oh, this one should be good. Hey, angels, y'all listen to this one. Hold on, we got another good one. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. And then, and then what's going to happen? Ooh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know? We take our ideas to God, but never once do we ask God, what do you want from me? You see, relationship isn't just about knowing the Father. I love that song we sang at the end, the Kirk Franklin moment from Pastor JP. He knows my name. He knows my name. You see, that song is a song of faith over fear, of relationship. No matter the size of the mountain, there is nothing that can burn me because he knows my name. And when we stay in relationship with the Father, what we get is peace. A peace that rests in the faithfulness of God. See, look at this in Romans 8.15. This is what it says. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. That's gone. You're out of Egypt now. It says, it doesn't make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. 
we get to be called his sons and daughters. And by doing that, we get the right and the privilege to call out Abba, Father, because we are his children. Come on. Amen. We get to cry out to him. And so we get to be in a situation where fear may be overhead. Fear may be lingering. Fear may be loud. But all we got to do is instead of looking at the land and the water's edge, we turn our eyes to the Father when we cry out. You know, I think about my children when they were small. When they were young and small and they would trip and fall or something, they would call out for their dad. They would call out for their mom. But it was never a, a dad, dad, please come in. No, 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 no. Dad. Dad. You know, as a father, I think that's actually how God feels. He sees us. And he's going to let us take a walk on our own. He's going to let us do our own thing because we need to grow and we need to learn. But he's always there that when we realize that it's time for us to call out to Abba, Father, it's not about looking down at the land. It's not about looking at what's in front of us. It's about looking up at a perfect father who loves us because relationship brings peace. This is what John 14, 27 says. It says, peace, I leave you. My perfect peace. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. You know, we all got challenges we're facing, things that we're walking up against, fear that is lingering and maybe overshadowing what we're doing. But relationship with God brings about this peace so that we can have faith to overcome fear. You see, there is a thing, uh, things in relationship with fear that we have to understand. If we have relationship with God, faith in God, then we won't have that fear. Because our fear is in relationship to our trust. As our faith in God gets stronger, the fear dissipates. You want to have fear removed from your life? Strengthen your relationship with God. Strengthen your faith in him. Look to the Holy Spirit and allow the power of God to rise up inside of you. Build that relationship and allow that to silence the fear in your life. It's our faith that brings victory. It's our faith that casts out fear and strengthens our trust in our incredible Lord and Jesus Christ so that we can have faith over fear. See, we can have faith over fear by choosing to believe in the power of an incredible God. A father that walks alongside of us. That's always there with us. That does not mean that we will not have opportunities to be challenged by fear because the enemy wants nothing more than to keep you locked in fear. That's it. All he, ha all he has to do is keep you stuck in a place of fear, keep you wandering in the desert and you never find the promised land and he wins. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he ain't gonna win. There's no battle that he can win. 
Even Jesus has this problem with the disciples in Matthew 8, verse 26. He's, he's there with the disciples in the stormy seas and they're all in the boat and the disciples are freaking out. They're panicking. They're running around like crazy. And what does Jesus do? He wakes up from his nap. I love this. I could just see Jesus sitting there like rubbing the sleep out of his eyes. Like, you know, like, oh, what are you guys, what are you guys doing? What? Oh, the, the storm. Well, <laughs> this is what he says. Why are you afraid? <laughs> Why are you afraid? And I can see Jesus just rocking back and forth. Why? Why are you guys afraid? Oh, listen, you guys, you guys are a bunch of men of little faith. Watch this. And he turns to the boat's edge and he commands the storm to be still. And what it says in scripture, it says he, he rebuked the winds in the sea and there was at once a great and wonderful calm. The Amplified Bible says a perfect peacefulness. Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Oh, I know why you're afraid. You don't have faith. You don't have, you don't have faith that God's protecting you, so you're afraid. But if you have faith, you don't have fear. Because faith silences fear. I'm gonna tell you today, I believe that there are some of us here that have been battling fear. We've been at a place in our life where we've been so locked in fear, so stuck in faith. But what you have to understand, or stuck in fear, but what you have to understand about faith is that we don't just wake up and go, you know what, today, I'm gonna give up all my faith. I'm choosing fear today. Seems like a good day to choose fear. No, see, that's not how it happens. What happens is we begin to lose faith little by little. What happens is we go through life and we let ourselves get a little bit spiritually sloppy. We let our relationship begin to slide. It begins to sneak up to you, on you. It, it, there's a few days without consulting the word and spending time in relationship with God. We don't take time to check our compass. We don't trim the sails. We don't do any maintenance on the boat. We don't watch where we're going. and We just are sailing happy along. Little by little, our faith dwindles until we look out over the boat's edge and we realize we're in the middle of a deep storm. We look out and we realize nothing but bouncing from wave to wave in the storm of life. And I think that's where some of us are today that we've been so crippled by fear, so crippled by fear that we're not even worried about getting our toes in the water. We don't even wanna be anywhere near the water. And God's going, listen, on the other side of the river is the promised land. On the other side of the water is all that I have for you. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is all of the faithfulness and the promises that I have laid out. They are ready for you. But all I need you to do is just take one step and let me show you my faithfulness. Let me show you. you don't, it's not even about you having to be worried about swimming because you're not even going to get wet. Toes in the water. <sighs> okay, God. I can take one step. Oh. Okay, God, uh, fear's getting pretty loud back here. I keep getting told that I'm not good enough. 
keep getting told that I wasn't qualified. I keep getting told that I didn't do it right. I keep getting told that I made too many mistakes. I keep getting told that we just had to do some cutbacks. I keep getting told that, God, what I feel like I'm being told is that you just dropped the ball. God, I feel like you brought me this far and then you forgot about me. I'm not gonna focus on the land, I'm gonna focus on the faith. I'm just gonna take one more step. God, I hear the voices behind me. I hear the, the armies. I hear the people. I hear the, the, the fear surrounding me. Lord, let me just take one more step. Let me just take one more step. Come on, I'm telling you, there are some of you here today. Some of you here today that are so locked in fear. You know what God told you to do. You know, actually, I think there's somebody here today that there was a promise. There was a promise that was given, but you feel like you've been in the desert too long to receive that promise. You feel like you spent too much time messing up and screwing up and not focusing on the faithfulness of God that you allowed fear to control your life. And now you feel like you missed the promise. Can I tell you what? His promises yesterday are the same today and they will be the same tomorrow. God is not done with you. God is not done with you. I don't know where you're at with fear today. I don't know what challenges you're facing, but what I do know is I know God. I know the faithfulness of a father and I know the relationship that he wants to have with you. And here's what I'm gonna ask. In just a moment, I wanna pray over each and every one of you. Wherever you're at in your fear journey, and I'd like to call it a faith journey, but I think there's some of you here that you're just so stuck in a fear journey. But I'm gonna tell you, it's time to get out of your fear journey and start walking in your faith journey. And I wanna pray over you. Here's what I wanna do. If you're here today and you say, you know, uh -huh. I got some fear been controlling my life. I got some fear that's been speaking over my life. I got some fear that I've been making decisions based off of rather than faith. Listen, can I tell you, I know what fear is. I'm planting a church. I know what fear is. I don't even know what next Sunday is going to look. You want to know what fear is? I don't even have a worship leader for next Sunday. You want to talk about fear? Yeah, it's pretty much like half the service. You need a worship leader. But see, I don't because I got God and I got faith. So don't tell me. Come on. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what fear it is. Here's what I want. I'm going to pray over you in just a moment. But if you're facing fear, I want you to be bold because the thing is about fear is you got to bring it into light. You got to get it out of the darkness and bring it into light. And then you got to have the faith to overcome that fear that comes through relationship with God. And I want to, I want to take a moment of boldness. If you're facing that fear, here's what I want you to do. If you got fear in your life, I want you to stand up because I'm going to pray over you. If you're facing fear, come on, be bold, stand up. I see you. 
God sees you. He sees that fear. Whatever it is that you're facing, whatever fear, the fear that says you're not good enough, the fear that says, you know what? You got laid off last week and you don't have a job and how are you going to pay for the food? How are you going to do this? Whatever fear you're facing, the fear that says step out and do something big, the fear that says, quite frankly, can I tell you the fear that says don't grab another Christmas box. How are you going to pay for your own Christmas gifts? Ooh, that's fear. The fear that says you're not good enough. Lies. Lies. It's time to stop looking at fear. Fear that says I can stand up. I can be bold. You see, I'm telling you right here. Fear that says I can be bold in my faith that you walk to school, that there's a light about you, that you walk through the hallways and the people of the hallways, they are fearful of your faith. That's the fear. They are fearful. Oh, mm, Jesus. Oh, just like the land of Jericho where the people were melting in fear. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of your faith. They're afraid of the God you serve. They're afraid of the goodness because they know they're on the wrong side. The beauty of it is all it takes for them to get on the right side is a simple prayer. But I want to pray over each and every one of you, whatever fear you're facing, whatever challenge you're facing right now, that today is the last day you take a step of fear and you begin to take a step of faith. Today's the last day that your step is backwards away from the water's edge and you full force, you go running into that water, jumping into the water and say, God, if I have to go head deep, I'll go head deep. If it's just to my shoes, I'll go into my shoes. If it's to my knees, it's to my knees. But all I know is I'm going forward in what you're calling me to do. Come on, reach your hands out to somebody near you. Let's pray over them. Father God, Lord, I thank you. God, I thank you for relationship with you. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the opportunity to set ourselves apart, to be in relationship with you, to call you Abba, Father. Right now, Father God, Lord, whatever fear they are facing, whatever challenges in life they are facing, Father, I bring it out of darkness and I bring it into light. I bring it out of darkness and the lie of the enemy does not survive in the light because the enemy only works in the darkness and there is no darkness in your presence, Father God. There is no darkness in relationship with you because of who you are and the goodness of who you are father i bind that fear right now i take captive that fear right now father give them a double blessing of faith a double pour out of faith let them take steps even when it doesn't make sense and i'm going to tell you you're going to take steps of faith and there's going to be people around you going you are crazy this could never be god oh silence that fear Silence the voices of the enemy. Silence those that do not know what God is doing in your own hearts. Jesus. Oh, Father God, Lord, I'll break fear off of you. No longer is fear your captor. No longer are you held by the chains. No longer are you bouncing around in the waves and the storm because God has spoken. He has commanded the storms and the seas and a perfect peace. Jesus. A perfect peace flows. Mm. I pray that there is such a difference in your life that even as you go out to lunch, people that know you go, all right, I just got to ask what's different. Oh, I got the faith. I got the faith to move mountains. I got the faith 
so that I won't be burned. I got the faith to walk on water. I got the faith to face these fears. I got faith to do what I know God is calling me to do. Oh, I got faith. I got faith. Would everybody just stand with me? Hmm. If you're here today, and we talk about fear, we talk about faith, we talk about relationship, and you go, Pastor AJ, I, I don't want fear anymore. I want this faith, but I, you talk about relationship, I don't even know what relationship with God is. Maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've said, never said yes to relationship, or, or maybe, Maybe you're here today and you said yes, but it was a checkbox on a card. It's just something you did because everybody else was doing it. It was something you did because it felt right, but you never went any further. You said, well, yeah, I, I asked Jesus into my heart, but he didn't do anything. <laughs> Relationship is a two-way street. There's power in the word. So maybe you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. Whether this is a recommitment or a first time, if you want to pray this prayer and ask Jesus into your heart, I want you to pray this alongside of us. When the Bible says that when you pray this in your heart, you ask Jesus in your heart, that begins to come and begins to change you from the inside out. That's not where it stops. That's just where it starts. The next step is you getting in the word, learning what it means to be in relationship with him. Get plugged into the church. Find a small group. But if that's you and you want to pray that prayer as a church, we're going to pray this together. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. You died for my sins to make me new. Forgive me of my sins. Let me be in perfect relationship. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church. Can we celebrate like the heavens are celebrating right now? Come on.